0: Oh my goodness, I hope you are excited to be at church this weekend, I know that I am, I'm so excited about what God has for us, but hey, let me start by telling you a little piece of history. The Museum of the Bible, which is in Washington, D.C., opened its doors in 2017, and to date is still considered one of the best experiences in Washington, D.C., Now, the the Museum of the Bible is spread across 165,000 square feet with three exhibit floors. It's huge. Four million dollars it it took to build this thing. It's a spectacle that presents over a thousand items all having to do with the Bible. And at the centerpiece of this opening of the Museum of the Bible were 16 fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Those are some of the earliest known Hebrew biblical texts that date back 700 years before Jesus, before the birth of Jesus. However, before the grand opening, a question about the fragments' authenticity began to arise. And the following three years, microscopic testing was done on those 16 fragments. And in 2020, the Museum of the Bible announced that all 16 fragments were fakes. Now, the CEO of the Museum of the Bible, Harry Hargraves, he says this, the Museum of the Bible is trying to be transparent as possible. He said, we were victims. We were victims of misrepresentation. We were victims of fraud. They were duped. How could this happen? Well, the con artist that made those 16 fragments Used ancient rubber and managed not only to fool the experts, but everyone at the Museum of the Bible. Now, before we move ahead with that, I do want to tell you the Dead Sea Scrolls are real. It's one of the greatest bolsterings for the truth and authenticity of the Bible, but that is what makes those fakes so compelling. They were copying something that is real. When it comes to relationships, can I tell you, you're not dumb, you're not evil, but the enemy is selling fakes that seem so close to the real thing. However, this weekend we have some good news. Even the best forger cannot hold up under a microscope, under reflection. Listen, the people at the Museum of the Bible, they wanted it to be true so bad, that they missed the marks of the fraudulent. Does that ever happen to you in relationships? I know that it's happened to me when it's come to sexual intimacy or when it's come to relationships in the past. I have been fooled, but there's more good news. You do not have to be another victim of fake relationships of the fraud the enemy is selling. However, for that to be the case, we will need to humble ourselves. Very candidly, this series of fooling around has uncovered a spirit of pride in faith promise. Maybe you specifically, a spirit of pride in your life where you would rather have relationships your way. You would rather have your rights over what God says is right. You want it your way. But can I tell you, church, and the kingdom of God, it's not Burger King, okay? You don't get to just have it your way. However, we are called to live in a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And a kingdom has a king. And that is, in the kingdom of God, that is God. And him being king, he gets to set what is right and what is real in the lives of believers, This is why over the last couple weeks, we have put God's original design for relationships under the microscope, looking for what is real and what is not and asking God to reveal any fakes that he finds in our lives. Because when we know the truth about relationships, we will not be easily fooled by fakes. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we know that, relationships, parenting, marriage, friendships, mentoring. You designed all these. And so, God, why would we turn to the world? Why would we turn to books or to TikTok? Why would we turn to buddies whenever we had the opportunity to come to you, the original designer and creator? I pray that today that you would transform us today, that we would have our eyes opened in your precious name we pray Amen, amen. Hey, I wanna welcome all of our campuses live with us. We're so glad you're here. Wanna welcome everybody watching online at home or in a coffee shop. But hey, specifically, can we welcome, can we celebrate God Behind Bars? We're so excited about what God's doing there. (laughs) Rach and I were with the women of God Behind Bars on Friday and it was absolutely unbelievable. God moved, those women are hungry uh, for God. So many things were laid down and I'm telling you, we are living in exciting times we're seeing the flames of revival and awakening start to pop up all over our nation and last week if you missed last week I'd encourage you to go watch it on online but there was just something that happened last week and I I could tell you the whole time I could tell you stories up here but God has something very specific he wants to do today he has something new he wants to do today but I want to tell you just one story of something that happened. And we, we'll take time over the next little bit to tell you all the stories, but at one of our campuses, a, uh, a one of our campus pastors texted me and said, an older white gentleman came up to, uh, to, to get prayer for repentance uh, in the service last week. And he walked up, and he walked up to one of our African-American uh, prayer team members, one of our winning team members up uh, for prayer. And he came up and he looked at her and he said, I need God to take the spirit of racism out of my life. Now I've been praying with people for years. Years I've been up front praying with people and I've never heard somebody have the boldness and the obedience and the humility to get out of their chair, walk up there and say, this is in my life, it's wrong and I need God to take it out. I don't know about you, But that feels like humility that God can bring revival to. Faith Promise, can we be humble? Can we be excited about that? That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a God thing. So this week we're going to continue to press in and we're going to inspect parenting and mentoring relationships for fakes. Because we know when it comes to parenting and mentoring there are fakes out there. So this weekend, I believe that everyone is in a parenting or mentoring relationships. From students, students that you are, you you have parents right now, or you're you're at school and people are watching you, you're in a mentoring relationship that way. Or uh, parents, you have kids at home, whether they're babies or all the way to young adults, or maybe you're in the workforce and you don't have kids at home, but you're with young adults or teenagers and you have this mentoring relationship. Or maybe you're a grandparent and you're supporting your kids as they raise their kids. Or some grandparents have had to step up to the plate and raise their grandkids. No matter where you are, no matter where you fall, your situation, no matter what it is, God wants to help you this weekend to identify the fakes and equip you to win your world. Now we're going to interact with the Bible a little bit differently than usual this week and I'll tell you why but just before I do that there's so many scripture so much scripture on parenting and mentoring and so we could spend a whole time just going over it but I found a great I found a great article this one this QR code on the screen it, it'll take you to a site that's got 10 great scripture on parenting and on mentoring. So if you want to equip yourself and go deeper, it has good commentary on there. Because in scripture, we're gonna look at one, but today we're gonna focus on action, humility, and response. And so this QR code take you to some great scripture you can study this week. Equip yourself to be the parent, the mentor, or the student, the young adult that God is calling you to be. The Holy Spirit led me this weekend to do something a little bit different, to focus on action. Today, we're gonna outline quite a few equipping steps, and I know that there's going to be growth for everyone. And I pray that when God says move, we will move. Listen, if God is moving, but we refuse to move, we will miss a move of God. So when God asks you to move, I pray that you will move so that he can move through you. Let me give us a starting point for scripture before we jump in to how God wants us to live. And this is gonna be in 1 Samuel. Uh, It's a book in the Old Testament and we meet a devoted mom and dad and then we meet a spiritually awful dad. All of this in 1 Samuel chapter one. Now I'm gonna read just a few verses and this this is probably Samuel sharing his own story about his father Elkanah but let me read this to you. It says, year after year, uh, he went up, that's, that's, uh, that's Samuel's dad, went up from, the t- uh, from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty in Shiloh. It says, when Hophni and Phinehas, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Canaan to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penea, and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, which is a a, a different wife, uh, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Now, there's a lot in there, but I just wanna focus on the parents and mentors that we meet in this passage. Let me give you just a, a brief character bio. Elkanah and Hannah showed consistency in coming to church And giving God what he asked for, even when times were hard, even when things didn't make sense. I don't know if you've ever had a hard time having a baby, if if that's what you wanted. Rachel and I have walked through that. And so Hannah was brokenhearted because even in in this day and age, it was even like a worse, it, it was just so shameful if you couldn't have kids. Yet they were faithful. Eli, despite being a man of God for Israel, was not a great dad and did not honor God when it came to his relationships with his sons who are mentioned in the passage, Hophni and Phinehas. Now, you may ask, hey, because those guys were absolute dirtbags, scoundrels. You can read it if you'd like to this week, but you may wonder, were they acting out because their names were Hophni and Phinehas? That's a real possibility, okay? You're looking at baby names. I would, I would divert a different way. Now before we move into equipping steps um, and identify some fakes so we can be equipped to win our world, I believe we need to have a conversation. Now this is a pretty intimate moment. Some of us have had broken relationships when it comes to parents and mentors in our lives. People have left you, they've hurt you, spoken terrible things over you, or maybe they've even abused you. So the thought of you being the real deal as a parent or mentor sounds like the biggest fake, the biggest fraud of all. That's not God's reality. God's eyes, it's different, that's the lie. That is the fake. God is a a, a restorer, a forgiver, a transformer, a redeemer. Now, I'm gonna ask you to allow me to do something I don't deserve to do, okay? But I just feel led by God to do it this weekend. If you will allow God to shape and guide your identity around your relationships and around your self-image, then you can be the parent and mentor that God has designed you to be. But in this moment of intimacy, I believe that there's some of us that need to hear an apology. That abuse or abandonment that you are subject to has been a part of your identity and a part of shaping your reality for too long. Would you allow me to apologize for them? Would you allow me in this moment, the person who hurt you, the person who took advantage of you, the person who abandoned you, right now in this moment, whether you're looking at me on a stage or you're watching a screen, if you would be so bold as just to put their face over mine And to hear this from them, if you need to close your eyes and imagine it, that's that's okay. But will you hear this from them, I'm so sorry. When I hit you, when I left you, when I abused you, it was a sin. It was wrong. I had bought a fake and failed to be who you needed me to be. Please do not let my failure cause you to live for fakes. You are more. God has given you more. God loves you more. Please do not be held prisoner because of my failure. God has so much freedom for you. God has so much love for you. Don't let my mistake hold you back from the love that you were made for. Now there's some of us who are on the other end of that relationship. Maybe you've hurt someone, abused someone, abandoned someone, and you just refuse to forgive yourself. I do not feel like I have the place to forgive you from them, but can I give you a message from God? God is still a forgiver, redeemer, and restorer for you as well. Can you hear this from God? God forgives you. With every hit his son took, with every abuse that Jesus suffered, he paid the price for what you did. God wants to redeem you. God wants to restore you. Even if the wounds that you caused left scars, just like the scars in Jesus' hands, those can become reminders of God's goodness, grace, and redemption from your sins. Would you walk in freedom? Would you walk in forgiveness? God loves you. Before we move on, let's just pray. God There's some people right now who are deciding if they want to accept that apology. God, there's people deciding if they want to accept your forgiveness for what they've done. And God, we ask it right now, Holy Spirit, that we would exchange the doubt that the enemy is trying to give us for your love and grace. God, that we would walk in the identity you gave us, not what the world has tried to force on us. Please, God, move on us. Let us walk in freedom, let us be transformed today, transformed today, whole today, forgiven today in your precious name we pray, amen, amen. I appreciate you letting us walk through that. I'm telling you, God's got so much for you. Living in God's reality and not in the reality of relational fakes that the world is selling is going to take some careful inspection. However, as we inspect God's Word, right, as we inspect God's Word and His example, we can identify His reality for relationships. Now, as we shift years into this time of equipping, I was telling Rachel about equipping you guys, about walking out, and she asked me uh, how many kids that I had pushed out. Zero.
1: He pushed out zero.
0: Hey, that's... (laughs) But we're talking about equipping and talking about moms, and and she was like, hey, you haven't pushed out any kids, which apparently disqualifies me, right? And uh, I want to tell you what my answer was to what she said. That's neither here nor there. But before we inspect the people that we are to be parenting and mentoring, we have to inspect
1: ourselves. Yeah, no matter how you've come to be a parent or a mentor, God has called you to walk in what he says about you. And the first thing we've got to do is inspect who we believe we are. What do you live for? You know, what's most important to you? And the people that you parent and mentor, they know it. And if you want your kids to live in God's reality and not be a fake then you have to model it. And this is really important right now because there are so many fakes, not just for you to buy, but for your kids to buy and the people you mentor. And those we parent need to see what God's reality looks like. When they stand next to you, what do they see? Do they see that you're a man or a woman of God? Do you believe that about yourself? Do you recognize and walk in the fact that you were chosen, that God's destined you, he's given you a purpose, that you're a citizen of heaven, a royal priest or a royal priestess, you have been called to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Do you believe that? Mm. And if you don't believe it, how are your kids going to believe that? Not just about you, but what about themselves? You know, Paul writes to a church in Corinth about what our world needs. And he says this in First Corinthians 4:15. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. We need spiritual fathers and mothers and not just in your home, but here in the church, did you know that last year we had 2,580 first-time kids and students. Wow. And many of them, they don't have a mom and dad at home that's training them up. That's what the Bible says that we're called to do with our children, to train them up in the way that they should go in God's way. And we want to provide that here in our ministries. So if you would, just humor me for a second. If you serve at all in any capacity in FP Kids or in FP students, would you just stand for a second? If you serve an FP kids or FP students, can we honor the men and women? Man, all of our campuses, we are so grateful for you. Would you stay standing for just a second at all of our sites. If you're serving FP kids or FP students, stay standing for me. The rest of us, I want us to look around. They're no different than you. These are normal people, they go to work, they've got kids, this is a sister, it's a brother, it's a mom, a dad, doctors, lawyers, teachers, stay-at-home moms. You guys can have a seat. You know, you don't have to be perfect to win the world. You don't have to be perfect to steward your children and to mentor well, but you do have to be present. And present means that you're surrendered, you're spiritualizer on and you're ready to move when God tells you to move. If you're not on our winning team yet, you. Don't, It's our greatest joy to watch you walk in your purpose. So join us at Next Step. There's a QR code on the screen for you to sign up. It's super great. We're gonna take care of your kids. We're gonna serve you dinner and we're gonna get to know what God's called you to do.
0: That's exactly right. And so I don't know if you saw at all of our campuses, there's not enough people standing and that's not a guilt thing, but we've always felt that God will never send us more people than we can love on. And so we wanna be able to love on as many kids and students as God would allow us to. That means we have to have adults that'll care for them. But the next thing that we want to inspect is inspect who sets success. What's the most important thing in your life and the lives of your kids or those you mentor? I want you to legitimately answer that question because there is a real answer to that question. And it may hurt some of our feelings to hear the answer to that question, but we have to hear it. And listen, if you will hear it, we can exchange the fake for what God said is real. Take a closer look at your priorities. Take a closer look at your calendar. Take a closer look at your life. Do you love and lead with the end in mind? You know, our kids will stand before Jesus one day, and mom and dad, that you're going to your kids' interviews or you're calling their teacher, God's not gonna let you come. Hey, it's just between God and them. Your job is to build them with the spiritual legs to stand before the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want Rachel to get a crown of victory. I take that personally. I don't know about you, but I want my daughter Jael to get a crown of rejoicing. I've got my wild man River. I want him to get a crown of righteousness. And Valor, who shaved his head this week, he needs a crown more than the rest. I want him to get a crown of life. I want that. And we desperately want every faith promiser to get the crown of glory that comes with having a relationship with God and serving God well. We don't want you to get to the end of your life. You work away. You toil away. You get your kids all the Christmas presents all they want, all that kind of stuff, and see it go. In the stance of eternity, what did it matter? Hey, I love sports. I love school. I love friends. I love everything that has to do with growing up. I really do. But hey, listen, parent. I hope you don't feel judged or me maybe mean. I apologize if that's what you feel. But think about this. Trophies will tarnish. Grades will be forgotten. And friendships will fade. Look closer at what we are allowing to matter most. I was nice earlier. Can, so, can we get in it for one more time? Your kids are not God, God is God. Eli missed this and that's why it says this in 1 Samuel 2 29 and this is a question I think the Lord wants to ask a lot of us who are parents and mentors. Why do you honor your sons more than me? Why do you honor your sons more than me? If he's Lord, then he's Lord of all.
1: Mm -hmm. So good that we love our kids, but God's asked us to love him more. Mm. We also want to inspect who is responsible in the end. You are the model. Your kids, they're little or the people you're mentoring, they are just learning how to follow Jesus. They don't know yet, but you get to teach them. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Your children are a blessing from God, not an inconvenience, but a gift. Mm-hmm. And accepting the knockoff excuse, like I didn't know how to disciple my kids is not enough for God.
0: Dad, I love you. Some of you guys learn how to build houses on YouTube, Learn how to tile your shower. Learn how to change your transmission. But the excuse I don't know how to disciple my kids is valid. I just don't think it's going to stand up.
1: No, we spend a lot of time binging TV shows, planning the perfect parties, and we're missing the most important thing. Hey, have you made a plan to disciple your kids? Remember, God has set you up. He created you in his image, and he's commanded you to operate like him, even when we parent. There's this lie, this fake that we really have bought, and it's really important, church, that you listen we have bought the lie that discipling our children is not our job, that it's the church's job. Can I be very clear with you? FP kids and FP students are the aid and not the answer. You will stand before God for how you chose to steward your children, not me. I'll stand before God before I, for how I've mothered, but you're responsible to God for how you parent and mentor.
0: That's right. Hey, one more thing we want to ask you to inspect, and then we're going to have a time of response. Students, young adults, you're not getting off so easy. Inspect who gets honor. You know, it, it said that respect is earned, and that's fine. We don't give honor because it's earned, we give honor because we have honor to give. We give honor because the Lord has made you a son or a daughter of the king, and you have honor to give. Hey, students, this is where your teachers will see the kingdom of God. Students, some of you feel like you might be the spiritual leader of your home. This, in giving honor, is a place where we can show the kingdom of God. We're going to have a time of response. And in this time of response, what we're going to do is maybe you need to go to the cross and you need to repent for making your kids the king of your life. Maybe you need to come forward with a prayer to me. every prayer at all of our campuses. Maybe you need to come and pray for a prodigal who's far away from God. Maybe you need to ask God for a healing. Hey, students, maybe you need to look over at your parent and apologize for how you've spoken to them. Dad, maybe it's time for you to grab your kid's hands. Mom, to grab your kid's hands and pray for them. And stop buying the lie that you're not the spiritual leader, that it's us. That's a lie from the enemy. It's you. This time of response, as the Holy Spirit prompts, let's move and obey. God, we come before you right now and we ask that you would move us. We ask that we would repent where we need to repent, that we would uh, pray where we need to pray, Holy Spirit, that we would worship where we need to worship that we would beg where we need to beg. There's nothing that's, that's, that we're too proud to do. There's nothing that we're too proud to do. You are Abba, Father. You are the original parent. Why would we not bring it to you? Humble us today so that we can hear what you have to say and that we can obey. In your name we pray, amen.